In this episode of Cook Tracks, we're showing you, and rapper 50 Cent, a new spin on the classic French toast. And what goes perfect with that? A delicious brunch cocktail. I'm Rach, Rachel Ray, and you're listening to Cook Tracks. It's a brand new, super cool way to cook. Each episode will be right alongside you. Well, kinda, we'll be in your ear, taking you step-by-step through a dish or a meal in real time. We'll be adding a little pinch of tips, tricks, and fun stories to keep you guys entertained and up your cooking game. Needless to say, we've got your back in the kitchen. I mean it, guys. You literally don't have to worry about a thing. I'm going to keep you on track with my buddy, Cappy. Think of him as our kind of play-by-play announcer for the cook-along. And since not all stoves are created equal, boy, do I know that. If you guys get a little caught up, just hit pause. You don't have to read a recipe, and it isn't rocket science. This is not something you're supposed to take seriously. We want you guys to have fun. Follow along, and at the end of each episode, we'll have made a dish or a meal from start to finish together. Gather up your ingredients, pour yourself a drink or a cup of tea, and turn your volume up to 11. This is Cook Tracks. Take it away, Cap. Hey everyone, it's Cappy. The episode you're about to hear was recorded as part of a virtual live at-home series produced by the Food Network and Cooking Channel New York City Wine and Food Festival. I was honored to moderate over 30 of these classes with some of the world's greatest chefs and culinary personalities, and now they're available to you right here on Cook Tracks. You can find all the ingredients and equipment you need to cook along on our website, cooktracks.com. We hope you're ready to have some fun, and remember, some of the chefs follow these recipes to a T, while others cook from the heart and use their recipe as a guide. I want to mention that the money raised, over $400,000, from the guest participation in these classes went towards the New York City Wine and Food Festival Restaurant Employee Relief Fund, supporting the National Restaurant Association Educational Foundation to help New York State restaurant workers hit by the COVID-19 crisis. If you'd like to learn more and give to the fund, please visit chooserestaurants.org or nycwff.org backslash relief. We appreciate all of your support. Thank you and enjoy this episode. So this is at the time when I do an introduction for our guest, as you all know. Well, some of you who have joined us before, I see someone, this is their fourth class. That's awesome. Welcome back. Thank you for your support. Um, first, how do I introduce Rachel Ray? She doesn't really need an introduction. Cappy, it's 7,700 degrees in this pizza oven. It's very hot in <laughs> All right. Well, before we get cooking, what's brunch without a cocktail? So we have a little bonus for you, and we're going we're gonna to throw it over to Rachel's husband, John. He's going to mix up something delicious for us. Hey everybody! Hey, Kathy, and, it's, and it's Lee's birthday. You can't have a birthday Happy party. Happy birthday, Lee! Ooh, We're making you a, a brunch cocktail. <laughs> so basically, this is a uh, a pink champagne cocktail. I call it Le Pink. Le Pink. Um, and it's really <laughs> easy to make. You can make it right in the glass. I have two wine goblets filled with ice, and I'm going to pour a lot of champagne in them both. Rosé champagne. Rosé or pink champagne. Like Cary Grant drank in a uh, affair to remember on Let's the Let's have some ship. pink champagne. With Deborah Kerr. <laughs> Deborah Carr. Deborah Carr. Graham Kerr, Deborah Kerr, Carr. Graham Kerr, Deborah Carr. Yes. Now I'm going to add um, a regular champagne cocktail, you would add sugar. I'm going to add Saint Germain, which is a French uh, elderflower liqueur that I love using all the time. It's not as sweet as sugar, but it's still sweet. Uh, but it's a little. Um, Kind of floral too. And then the third ingredient 
in a traditional champagne cocktail is Angostura bitters. Instead of Angostura, in keeping with the whole pink theme, I'm using Peugeot's bitters, which are Peugeot from, are like ladies' bitters. They're from New Orleans. You use them in the Sazerac. Uh, they're a gentler, gentler, milder. Yeah, a little sweeter, a little uh, lighter. And where's my favorite part? The lemon slices. Those are coming. So I did two dashes of that. And then as a garnish, I'm going to add, instead of a lemon twist, I'm adding lemon wheels. I wish it was as easy to ship cocktails as it was uh, food. I know, we need we, that. We need 3D printers for cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> Get that Star Trek um, transporter machine. Uh, straw or no straw for you? Uh, Do you get a drink? Are you gonna drink your pink with a straw or no straw? I'll do it for camera, then I'll throw it in the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I Cheers. am delighted. Cheers to me! And thanks everybody thanks, for guys. Coming. Cheers. Uh, along with us. All right, let's get this show on the road. Come on around. So we're about to make a savory French toast uh, with lots and lots of parm cheese um, mixed into a custard base. Before we do that, I'm also going to throw some bacon in the oven. Uh, this is for a second uh, presentation or a second way to use the same base recipe. So I'm going to start by baking our bacon. We never, ever, ever cook bacon on the stovetop unless it's chopped in a small ingredient within the recipe itself. Why? Because it makes a mess over the entire stovetop that you have to clean. And because the bacon doesn't cook evenly, in a frying pan it ripples, parts of the bacon are burnt while other parts are undercooked. When we bake bacon, we never have to flip it or turn it. It cooks evenly, it stays flat, and it's easier to, uh, to deal with the drippings that are left over when you're done because the fat drips away and it can cool and then you could properly dispose of it. Now I design, literally drew, a baking bacon pan, uh, but I still have the original oldie timey came with my oven broiler pan. So that's what I have our bacon on here. My own bacon pan, ironically, is in my studio and in our New York apartment, which I haven't seen in several weeks. You haven't been there in a while. I haven't been there in a very long time. So we're going to use a good old broiler pan. The oven's on 400. And much like bread uh, that I put in the oven, I tend to burn the bacon. So, John, nice. guess what your job's going to be? Film the bacon burning? No. <laughs> the bacon not burning. Ah. Got ah. a multitask. No. So the, the rack is at center oven. Turning on the light to make it easier for you to keep track of it. Okay? Yeah. Job number one. Done. Bacon in the oven. Back it up. Move. Flicker. <laughs> now a large griddle. Hey, Rach, what temperature, what temperature do you put your bacon at? 400. 375 is fine, but today I did 400, so it's in and out quicker because it's so hot in this kitchen. I'm literally wilting like an ice cream in the deep south. The pizza oven right behind A us. soft serve on an August day is how I feel. <laughs> so, um, I've got this over medium-low heat. See where the, the little doodads are on the stove? You do not want your griddle too hot. Otherwise, the custard will be raw on the interior of your Pamperdu or French toast before it has a chance to cook all the way through. The outside will be overcooked. For the topping, for the recipe that you guys have to cook along with, we're going to do a recipe 
that actually was invented for roast pork and goes all the way back to the Columbus menu, literally Columbus, like sailing the seas on the boats. So this menu item here, strawberries with balsamic and basil is a delicious condiment for grilled fish, for pork tenderloin, for pork medallions, uh, or in this case, we're using it to top our savory French toast. We're gonna to start by hulling the strawberries. When you bring your berries home, of course, we do not rinse them until the day we're ready to use them so that they last a little longer. You choke up on your back, put your thumb near the top of your sharp paring knife, hull the strawberries by taking out the little green tops there. In Rach, if someone doesn't have like a good balsamic or doesn't love balsamic, they could just simply leave it out and it will still be delicious. Uh, yes, but if you don't love balsamic, you're wrong. So. <laughs> do you remember, speaking of Columbus, Rach, do you remember the name of the three books? Uh, the name of the Pinta and the Santa Maria. No. It was the, uh, the Mo, Larry, and Curly. And the Mo, Larry, and the Curly, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I cannot carry on a conversation. That's while fine. I have good comments. Someone, someone's using raspberries because they're allergic to strawberries. I love it. That's great. Yes. That's delicious. Why not? Raspberries, all delicious. Someone's asking, can you use Saba from Modena in place of balsamic? Uh, that's, yes, but that will be very, that's very sweet. So be careful. That's like super sweet. You can also just use uh, sugary cherry tomatoes. Have some cherry tomatoes as well. Sure. Why not? You can use white balsamic if you're not a fan of dark balsamic. White is even sweeter and lighter, a little crisper, more citrusy. I do like the acid with the sweetness of, of fruit though. You know what Italians love putting balsamic on? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, barbecue flavored Pringles, no kidding. Like yeah. $600 bottle balsamic, that's what they paired it with at the height of the tasting in Modena. The last, the most expensive of the vinegars, the uh, kind of the vinegar sommelier, uh, he handed out the the final tasting of the drippiest, thickest, richest of the balsamic oh, on on a Pringles on a barbecue flavored Italian Pringles. <laughs> Can you give us a little lesson on like your thickened balsamic or glaze, or someone wants to do it at home, like sure. you know, uh, I make a pretty inexpensive drizzle in a bottle. And uh, you can make uh, any balsamic into a drizzle or thicker syrup-like consistency by simply adding a little uh, light brown sugar, bringing it to a bubble and letting it reduce until thick. You can also buy aged balsamic that eventually gets thick enough to coat the inside, just like if you were drinking a fine wine. See the inside of that bottle? This was a gift from a friend. Um, so I have both the super fancy takes a real long time in barrels and the, a little quicker. You just cook it down with a little bals uh, brown sugar, your balsam. Cool. And then a couple of people asking about the time for bacon. Uh, just keep an eye on it. About 15 to 18 minutes, depending on how true your oven runs Yeah. and how, you know, uh, other variables like the humidity and what altitude you're at. Uh, and whether or not you've calibrated your oven. Um, some people's ovens run up to 75 degrees off of temp. Mm -hmm. So you really do have to keep an eye on it, but generally speaking, 15 to 18 minutes. 
Yeah. Shout out, by the way, shout out Jacqueline. Um, so sweet. She watches your show every day and then she does your meals at dinner. She's volunteered at a nursing home for the past 12 years in their kitchen and they love you. That's so wonderful. I love that. You know, it was very hard for us to start working from home because this was always our private place, our quiet place, our safe place. And now it's become really cathartic and we feel very connected to people. It's an entirely different experience than when we started, you know, eight or 10 weeks ago, however long it's been. Uh, it was hard because this was where we came to be away from everything else. And it's really changed over time. And now uh, we really, we love it. And we're connecting with people in a, a very um, meaningful way to us. Okay, so now we're going to drizzle a couple tablespoons of that good thick balsamic over the top. And you can do a couple tablespoons, mix it all together. This was a full quart of strawberries. And then taste it and add more if you like. I just go a few slow turns around the strawberries. And I've taken my basil leaves. And I took a good handful, maybe 12, 15 leaves. And I've piled them together and we're gonna roll them into a log and do a chiffonade. Just run our knife through. Tip of the knife stays on the board the entire time. You lift up and down from your shoulder only. Barely moving the knife, fingers curled under. Excellent. Add that to your berries. That looks so good. Yeah, it's delightful. It's delightful. Now these berries, really don't have any flavor yet. It's so early in the season. So I am going to gild the lily and add just a sprinkle of sugar and a little tiny pinch of salt for balance. And we're gonna mix that together and just let it macerate and hang out in the bowl and come together, let all those flavors combine. That's and again, awesome. it's delicious on grilled fish. It's wonderful on pork tenderloin or pork chop or chicken breast. Would that with Greek yogurt? Sure, it'd be delicious with yeah. yogurt, fabulous. Another shout out, by the way, I don't know you, Joan Nelson, but I love you. She's turning 85 on Monday and she's cooking virtually while quarantined with her granddaughter in Florida. That's so wonderful, I love seeing that. And that's the way I grew up. My grandfather lived with us when I was little and he was my primary uh, daycare. You know, he, he took care of me. And we were best friends. I lived like a 77-year-old Sicilian man when I was four, you know? Like, I love that it's bringing generations together again. That's a beautiful thing to know. Okay, so now uh, I'm going to crack four eggs into this dish to make our base custard. And that should do eight to 10 slices of Italian bread. John, show them our bread, please. Thank you, my boy. I'm cracking four eggs, guys, four large eggs, and putting them into a large, shallow dish. We crack on the counter. And as we drop into the dish, if shell falls in, remember shell is attracted to shell. Don't fish it out with your fingers. You just put the shell into the eggs, and the shell will go back to where it came from. You don't want to be fishing around in there with your fingers. So we have four large eggs of, once again, little salt over the shoulder for luck. And we could put a pinch of sugar in the batter as well. Just a little tiny sprinkle. And then we're going to add about three quarters of a cup of cream or half and half, whichever you have in the fridge or your choice if you have both. 
we're going to add a good amount. I put in, oh, I'd say three quarters of a cup to a cup, about two ounces of parm grated, a little freshly grated nutmeg, always when I use milk or cream, like when you get bechamel, same kind of concept there. Hey, Rach, any suggestions for, for other breads if, if, you know, if you were to go another route? Sourdough, French, stale baguette, of course, is the origin uh, of hen perdu or lost bread. Baguette or peasant bread, um, sourdough if you want it super tangy. This is a savory French toast. Now, you can add pepper if you want. If you really want this to be extra savory or white pepper if you want it to be subtle. I'm keeping this uh, straight up as I've got it now, at least through the incarnation of it with the berries. Later, I'm gonna show you a second version with the same base recipe. And you could add red or black pepper to that base custard because that one's gonna be treated in a different way. When it comes to basil, just a footnote, I keep it like flowers, trim the bottom, keep a baggie over it during the day, during the sunny hours, it acts like a greenhouse and the basil will stay nice and green and beautiful and you won't throw it away. It doesn't like the cold, so don't keep it in the fridge. It'll turn black and you'll have a much shorter shelf life. And can you hand me the stale bread now, please? So this is our stale bread. And next to, next to our griddle, I have melted butter waiting for us. And we're gonna cook a few pieces at a time, soaking them in the custard first and then adding them to our griddle. Couple of uh, nutmeg questions. Any like potential replacement or substitute if someone may not have any? Yeah, just don't use it. Okay. I mean, this is not a toast. I wouldn't put cinnamon in this because of all the parm cheese. So if you don't have it, uh, oh well, it'll still taste like delicious cheesy toast. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot my butter. So <laughs> slather your butter. And I just put on a couple pieces at a time so the butter doesn't go too south on me. Whoop! Yummy. Oh, it smells so good. It smells like a mashup of French toast and garlic bread. It's great. All that cheese and butter and egg and cream, crazy. I have this cool new USB drive on my computer where I could smell what you're cooking in your kitchen through my computer. It's great. I know, right? <laughs> we talked about that for a long time, Kathy, the need for smell-o-vision. I'm going to go check the bacon. Yeah, check the bacon, John. It's bacon cam, people. Oh, yeah, there. It's like kind of almost ready. Almost there? Great. Well, the oven's been preheating a long time. All right. Set your stand up over there, hon, so they can see. Okay. Oh, you, you want to take it out of the oven? No, I want you to show them what it looks like when it comes out of the oven. Okay. I can't. I only have two hands, not three. Well, <laughs> I'm, I have faith in you, John, that you can walk and talk at the very same time. Here, you want them off? <laughs> okay. Man. It's like a cheese omelet wrapped around a slice of bread. It sounds incredible. <laughs> All right, you want to put it back there? Yeah. Careful, careful, careful. Don't knock over the custard. Push it back as far as you can, though, please. Don't knock over the honey, honey. <laughs> Don't knock over the honey. Uh. 
See, isn't that great? It's all brown. You didn't flip it. didn't spatter anywhere. And it's just sitting there waiting on you. Ashley, good question. Ashley's curious how you came up with this recipe. Um, well, it's not, I don't think anybody's invented anything in food in a real long time. I'm certainly not the first person that thought of making savory French toast. But I have to say, I was a fan of the balsamic strawberries since I first read it in the Columbus menu. And I sold the Columbus cookbook at Macy's Herald Square in the food hall, uh, I don't know, 25 years ago when I managed it. And we were selling two pound center cut chocks of Parmigiano Reggiano. And if you bought uh, the two pound special packaging, the Italian government gave you a little pamphlet on the Columbus menu. So I read it because I'm nerdy like that. And I fell in love with balsamic vinegar, basil, strawberries. So over the years I've put it on, as I said, uh, seafood, you know, big chunks of uh, grilled halibut. I've put it on pork tenderloin or pork chops. Uh, and I just thought, well, that'd be fun on a savory French toast. Of the savory French toasts, parm is the most popular that I make for sure, like without question. I've tried the same trick doing, you know, Mexican style, basically fried breads, uh, all sorts of different flavorings, uh, herb de Provence and things like that with, you know, goat cheese and fruit on top. By far and away, the most popular is always the parm. I don't know why people just, you know, it is the king of all cheeses for a reason. It's nutty. It's delicious. Uh, it's relatable. And it tastes like a cheese omelet when you're done. And we're going to, I'm just going to keep making this while you're, you're shouting out. Okay. As you, uh, as you do that second batch, we actually have a, I'm going to lose track a little bit here. We actually have a quick video question. Hey, Curtis, are you there? Hi, Curtis. I think he's muted. Hold on one sec. Okay. What did you make for breakfast, Cap, or brunch? Um, I had a, I made a breakfast burrito that I put tater tots in it. And then when I got towards the end, my uh, almost two-year-old daughter took it out of my hands and she wanted to finish it. She is, Ella is a good eater. Yeah. She's a big eater, that girl. <laughs> Yum. Everyone's cooking along here. I'm going to check out the gallery. Any more questions, Cap? Yeah. Conversation starters? Yeah. Oh, no. A ton of birthdays today. Margaret turning 90 in July. Ma Mom is cooking along with her this morning in Cincinnati. I love this. That's amazing. I love this. And in that little pot, that little uh, small pot aside, that's the honey warming up, that yeah? It's for honey. We're going to, instead of maple syrup, we're going to drizzle this with Italian honey. Uh, yeah. When it comes to honey. Hey, Rach, I think Curtis is back here. Oh, hi, Curtis. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, family. I didn't know it was you. <laughs> I, told, I told him I'll come and be the cleanup crew for you, for you guys uh, over there. I know, I know that food is good. I'm going to come clean everything up. I'm going to eat everything. I love you. <laughs> Uh, what are you having for brunch, Curtis? <laughs> I, I, I didn't have, what's the name? I didn't, I ate this morning. I had breakfast, French toast and stuff like that. Oh, we're making French, French toast with cheese. Yay. That's the vibe right now. <laughs> oh, I love you. Thank you for popping in. It's hot as heck in here. Look behind me. Can you see the pizza oven's fired up? See that? Like, I'm like, it's about that 700 be... degrees in here already. Like literally 700 degrees. Yeah. What kind of oven is that though? Like this is real wood in that? Yeah, yeah. wood-burning oven. wood-burning pizza oven. Because yeah, John Bond uh, 
to throw uh, pizza uh, down a little later. Uh, he wants a sausage calzone was his was his uh, request of the day. I yes. have to say. <laughs> um, and John gets. Oh, you got a good life, man. Italian Italian men get fed well on on Sundays, especially. <laughs> that tell you that. How you doing? I'm good. No complaints. I've been moving around. Um, I mean, last time we talked, it was uh, uh, I was launching the book. That's why I, I know, and it's excellent. I read it in two days. Yeah. And uh, thank you for the shout out for your watch. I'm glad that you got it. I was what? very no. yeah, because he, he got, I, I went to do the um. Uh, uh, what's his Andy name? Andy Cohen, watch what happened. Andy Cohen, Andy Cohen, watch what happened live. And he was like, they, they had sent this thing to say, uh, they, they needed to go into the jury, the jury box and find something. And I just got it. And that was the coolest thing that I had to put there because <laughs> I didn't expect that when you, when you gave it to me. It's just a beautiful watch. And then I told, I thought about it. I was like, Andy, I'm, I'm, I'm like, Andy's ratings always all over the, through the roof. I'm always on your show. Like, I've been on Andy's show like 15 times or more. I'm like, you never gave me nothing. <laughs> yeah, definitely doesn't feed you either. <laughs> no, it definitely. There's no food in the in the in the in the green room. It's just not. This is just not the hot spot. 50, 50 You have a. Did you, you have try a, the fifty spice yet? Yes, I have the the what's the name? I did, the the young lady who was cooking this morning for me. She, she has them in the uh, what's the name? So she can use. you have to use the fifty spice. It's so good. It's great in chili. It's great on steak. It's great on seafood. It, you can throw it on omelets and eggs. And it really is 50 spices. And I really did write it wow. for you. That's dope. That's amazing. I, I, absolutely good. Look, look, I really appreciate you, man. It's fun to, to just check in. Like when you told me I could surprise you, I was excited to do it because I have so much fun when I come to your show. And the way, just just outside of that, the, the cool things that happen afterwards. So it's like, it's, a different thing for me with you know thank with you guys it's, it's different like it's genuinely you know fun to be around and communicate with you. thanks for pop do you have a drink you have a drink or is it too early out there uh where you are man y'all gonna give me a problem you said what time is it 11 30 i'm like yeah i got i got what's that bracelet the coat my cognac brand is there you it? go yeah, yes. We have made so many cocktails with it. You know, that was really popular too when John created the 50, the French 50 instead of the French 75. Uh -huh. You should post that and brand it. People loved it. Definitely. <laughs> How much they loved it. So, John, John, John you're a chef too now, huh? Well, I'm a, a sous chef, co host, camera operator. <laughs> <laughs> The, pan the pandemic titles. Those are the pandemic titles. <laughs> uh, man of many, a man of many skills and a master of none. Is that what they say? That's right. And John's been on the show. I'm, it is so hot by this oven. I'm going to get is. some of your cocktail. John um, has been making the cocktails, but his band has also been the musical act at the end of our show a couple of times, too. Wow. Yeah. That's cool, man. I'm like, yo, you might play some stuff for me. We sample a lot of stuff. But man, I got to get you in and play something. Yeah, you can sample any of my music that you'd like. I own well, it all. Of so course, we're to together, but one of these years we will be. I know we will. Yeah, we definitely get together. I mean, we missed the opportunity to stop by Southwest because of the, oh, well, everything closed down. But we'll, we'll get them. We'll catch them. We'll be you. back. We'll be back. And John plays there every year. You'll hear him. You'll hear him. All right. Awesome. Thanks for coming in, Curtis. We appreciate it. Bye, Curtis. We love I you. I appreciate you guys. Bye, fifty. We love you. All right. I love him.
That was a nice surprise. Cappy, that was amazing. There you go. Little, little, little uh, video question from New Jersey. <laughs> you know, it had to be a video. Couldn't just be a. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was so good. <laughs> that was I, shocking. Yeah. I think we were talking about the honey before, before, uh, before the video question came in. So. And uh, do you know that when he popped up, I, I didn't even realize it was 50 and I just kept talking about honey. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, the lighter in color the honey is and lighter uh, than the lighter in flavor it is. So that's the reason I love to cook with acacia honey because you can almost see right through it. It's even lighter than light agave. It's a natural sugar that's barely there. Um, and now we're going to add to our griddle those last two pieces of toast. Curtis distracted me because I love him so much. I couldn't think about French toast while talking to him. <laughs> um someone asking if you have leftover batter maybe make more make more make more toast <laughs> and then someone asking if someone asking if you run out of custard make more custard well, that's what we just did i had two extra you? of bread there you go so she ran out of custard she had more bread she needed to use so she just bulked up the and recipe a little bit large the size of the loaf is that you're cooking with obviously yeah oh for me um my sister bought a huge loaf of italian bread and uh normally this recipe would make eight good sized slices or 12 if it were baguette but this loaf was huge and i had 10 thick slices a good inch thick so we had more than enough to do um, a little extra batter. So I cracked uh, extra eggs. John uh, whipped in the cream and the cheese, and there we go. We're back to, we're we're back on track. The other reason um, I use that honey is that it drizzles so beautifully. It, it, it's it's not thick at all. It's super thin, drizzles beautifully, and I just heat it up to get it kind of moving again. Uh, but on your tomato one, I was thinking of using hot honey. What do you think about that? Okay, now for the second preparation of this, we're going to do BLTs, bacon, lettuce, and tomatoes. Everybody got one recipe and you're getting like four bonus recipes in this. Talk about getting your money's worth, everybody. And everybody loves this trick. You oh, yeah. fill deli lids with some cherry tomatoes. Hold the lid nice and tight. Take your knife and just cut straight across and all the tomatoes are cut in half. Woohoo! <laughs> That's so fun. Then for our lettuce, we have arugula and some larger pieces of shaved parm. And we're going to add lemon juice, fancy olive oil, and a little salt. Of course, the arugula is spicy enough as it is. Rocket lettuce is very spicy by nature, so it doesn't need extra pepper. I had no idea I was going to talk to it today. It's sitting by my stovetop. <laughs> so everyone, just a heads up on that. Rachel does a huge event uh, during South by Southwest every March. So um, this year it was canceled, but 50 Cent was supposed to perform. So Rachel, as she said, created this um, spice rub that literally has 50 different spices in it. So that's what that Heck was. Yes. That one got a little dark, but John and I like super dark cheese toast. So that's fine. 
And Rachel and I always talk about this as, as many times as she's done the cherry tomato trick between the deli lids every time. It's still the coolest. Thing. Oh, everybody freaks out over it. Yeah. Freaks out over it. Little extra butter baths when she flipped them suckers. Uh, shout out to, by the way, shout out to Kristen in Florida. She improvised and used Bay's English muffins, no sponsor here, used Bay's English muffins in a waffle iron to make this recipe happen. Nice. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh you know my love for waffle irons, Cap. Oh, yeah. You make waffle iron like potato things. Mashed we potato. make everything. We've made focaccia, corn dogs, brownies, pizzas. We made everything in waffle iron. Very few waffles, actually. <laughs> you do make a nice cheddar apple. All right, so preparation number one is our toast. Excuse me, John. Layered with our basil and strawberries. I am, so, I like just ate, but I'm so hungry watching this. Gorgioso, baby. And our drizzle. Look at that. Anyone put that over on the counter on the other side there? And I'll make preparation number two. Um, it doesn't sound very appetizing. It sounds like preparation H or something. <laughs> it doesn't sound very good at all. A shout out to Amanda. She's got a Rachel Ray uh, plateware at home and she's using the same one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Love it. So John's, we're going to do with the bacon, excuse me, the lettuce, some of our tomatoes, and then repeat. Bacon. Yum. Lettuce and tomatoes. With our shaved parm. <laughs> Just, uh, uh, John, there's an Ashley. She wants to know if you're delivering cocktails today. <laughs> <laughs> and then a few dots of the balsamic for the tomatoes. And a couple of tinier leaves of basil, just torn to go with those tomatoes as well. DJ, shout out to Rachel and John for the two for one special today. Where are you going? So there you go. There is your parm toast two ways. Bacon, lettuce, and tomato, and strawberry basil. Yum. And, we, and the honey, we drizzled over the, the toast with the strawberries, everybody. Over oh, the honey. Oh, yours, you wanted hot honey. Yes, honey. Oh. Uh, the, uh, the, the honey went on the strawberry basil one cap. Perfect. Got it. All right, everybody. Thank you again to Rach and John. And thank you all for your support. As always, please stay safe and please stay healthy, everybody. Whether you just listened for fun or you actually cooked along with us, we thank you. If you did cook this recipe, take a pic and tag it with hashtag CookTracks. Let us know how it came out because we want to see it. Keep up to date with us on Instagram at CookTracks or at CookTracks.com. CookTracks is cooked up by my friends, Cappy, Ian Cohen, and Charlie DiGiello. And sometimes they let me 
Rachel Ray, help out too. With editing from Joel Yeaton. Music has been composed by Jeffrey David Coltford. Please rate and review or subscribe to this podcast on your listening site of choice. Thank you for listening to Cook Tracks. We've got your back in the kitchen. 